Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. When you're doing your research on companies that you're thinking of investing into, you probably have noticed a three-letter acronym cropping up regularly, and that being ESG. What is it? Seems to be occasionally a very hot topic. It's in much demand from funds around the world. They like to see it uh, in the PowerPoints. Um, environment, social, and governance. Companies come at it in different ways. Some have very comprehensive, robust uh, versions of how they interpret it. Uh, smaller companies perhaps can't afford to do too much about it. We talked today to John Lewin, CEO of K92 Mining. They're a multi-billion dollar operation with assets in Papua New Guinea. Um, we talked through their sustainability report and how they approach it, why they think it's important and what it does for the bottom line, which for you and me as investors, we should care about. So it is a hot topic. Send in your thoughts, tell us what you think um, of it. And indeed, if you think the mining industry as a whole needs to get better at it. So enjoy the conversation. John, how are you, sir? I'm very good. I'm sitting here in PNG and uh, yeah, loving every minute. PNG, also known as Papua New Guinea to some. Fantastic. So you're in quarantine, are you? I'm in quarantine until Thursday, assuming that my uh, COVID test comes back negative, uh, and then I will be out in the workforce, hosting a visit of the Prime Minister later this week. Oh, wow. Just in time. So, how, so tell us about that, because it's a big part of what money companies have to do at the moment in terms of managing the flow of people uh, you know, on and off of the properties. Um, so how many days quarantine do you have to do there? Uh, because I'm coming out of Australia seven days, if I was coming out of the UK, it would be 14 days. We operate a bubble for the whole mine. So everybody, including uh, PNG Nationals, seven days. So if you come from a village a kilometer down the road, you do seven days of quarantine, then you, then you are working in the, in the, in the workforce. Right. And, um, and, and so, so what have you set up there, John? I mean, you, you're obviously in a room there. Do you have to stay in that room the whole time? Uh, not quite stay in the room, but but each we've got a, a number of hubs, and so people come in at the same time into each of those, so that they start in their seven days, and um, food gets delivered, all of those sort of things. People with masks, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, got to clean your own room. There's no cleaners coming in or anything at all like that. Um, and we are set up to be able to do uh, full COVID tests, so we have to do a COVID tests. We test people before they're allowed out um, and so we've doubled the size of of our camp so that we can handle the situation that at any one time we may have 200 people who are in quarantine wow and so how many people on, on site at any one time uh we're looking at probably around 700 people at any given time wow. um so some of the things we've had to do for uh expats who come in and they're, and they're a very small part of our workforce only about four percent but uh, A, we run longer rosters because when they get back to Australia, they've got a two-week quarantine when they get back to Australia. So in your roster, you've got three weeks of quarantine. So we're running a sort of a six-week on, six-week off roster. The guys far prefer it when they're doing their quarantine here because we are better set up, quite frankly, from a mental health perspective, if you like, than spending two weeks in a hotel in Australia where you can't open the window. 
Right. So me- meaning what? You, what, what, what can, why do you say that? It's better from the mental health perspective. Are you allowed, are you allowed out? Have you got kind of- well, here, we, 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 each of our hubs has, a, has an area where you can go out and get fresh air and what have you. And we, we set up that um, we've, got a, we've got a bike, for instance, here, so you can get some, some exercise. Uh, you quarantine in, in Australia. You are in the room. You do not get out of that room for two weeks. And uh, certainly in Perth, for instance, the window is locked. The handle is taken away so that you can't open the window and throw yourself out. Christ. Not that I was ever tempted to, but apparently uh, so there was a concern. <laughs> I could do not with that case. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, there's a discussion for a whole discussion for another day. Look, um, reason I want to speak to you is we, we're doing an ESG month in, in uh, March. Uh, we're looking at how different companies approach this this wrapper, this brand called ESG, which is environment, social, and governance, right? And and why we wanted to look at it was a few weeks ago, there was a discussion on one of these sort of uh, chat rooms, which was kind of surprising, actually. Um, I guess people coming in uh, from outside the mining investment uh, space, not quite sure how it works, making statements, something along the lines of why do miners, you know, pander to the needs of local communities and indigenous populations because they should be grateful for the jobs and the money to put food on their table along those lines. So, you know, pretty, you know, shocking, quite frankly. But nevertheless, it was a discussion that was had. So we wanted to talk to uh, leading companies and, you know, try and understand well, one, let's describe what ESG means to each of them. Two, um, the importance of it. And uh, three, how they go about putting measures in place to ensure um, you know, the, the best practices are, 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 are there and, and why, I guess. So um, are you slightly shocked by that kind of discussion going on? Uh, you know, if you told me that you, you'd opened a book about things 50 years ago when you read this, I might not be, but I'm, I'm, I would have to say I'll be somewhat shocked to hear that today. Yeah, so right. um, uh, You know, when you, when you look at ESG in its most fundamental form, it is, it's about creating long-term value for all of your stakeholders. That's what ESG does. All of your stakeholders, not just shareholders, not just employees, but all of your stakeholders. And if you're not creating long-term value for all of those stakeholders, then why should all of those stakeholders support what you're doing? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fundamental. It, it, it is. And I'm, we're going to sort of try with you today because one of the documents we saw on your uh, site was your sustainability report from 2019. I mean, a fantastic piece. We'll put a link to it. Um, below, so people should have a look at it because it, it talks about, I, I would say, everything you need to c- consider. Um, and I'm sure we can go into a lot more more detail uh, about each each of those at an, another time. But let's let's start off with defining what ESG is. What, what does it mean? We, we, we talked about environment, we talked about social and governance, but what do those words actually mean to you? ESG. It's a framework in which you operate your mind. You, you operate it in an environment, you operate it in a social setting, and of course you've got governance and you've got your government. They are all the things that surround a basic 
physical operation. Not the physical bit is your mind, you you process and whatever else. But that's the environment in which you work. So you've got your environmental aspects, and that's in many ways easier because it's it's there's a compliance. You know, you you get you get a permit. It's it's perhaps easier to measure. Social aspect more difficult because a lot of it is is not a case of okay, what are you required to do? It's a case of what do you need to do and what should you do? And then when you look at the, the governance aspect of things, again, it's not an absolute. It's, it's about what you're doing, what you need to do in the country that you're in, not just the social setting that you're in. And part of the reason that you need to report ESG in the, in the, fa in the fashion that we do is that you've got to keep improving what you do. And so when you report it and when you put it out there, A, you know, some people will say, well, what about this? And what about this? And we think this and we think that. And, and, and that's stuff that you can take on and take in. You don't ever get it right. You're getting it right. And every year you want to improve what you're doing. But if you don't set it out, what you're doing, how do you improve what you've done? You know what I mean? So you're you're actually setting it out so that you're looking to improve every year and learn every year. Yeah, yeah, that, that measurement is absolutely important. But so let's look at the different components there. And, and again, the re it kind of feels a bit simplistic to have to go through a process like this. But it you've got to remember these are people who've not been investing in mining are coming in here and looking at this afresh. So it's worth going over it. So let's talk about the environment. Is people need to remember sometimes, like you, you're in someone else's country. You've got to be responsible for the actions of everyone in your company in an environment which you've walked into. So, I mean, what are the, what are the, when you look at environment, environmental, you say some of those things are laid out because it's regulatory, but, and, but others are not. So, what, what are the considerations for you? Well, yes, we are in, we're in a developing country, PNG. Um, first of all, it's an incredibly diverse country. Important point to recognize. It's, it's many people would say the most diverse country in the world, eight and a half million people, 800 languages, less than 300,000 taxpayers. So the, it tells you the vast majority of people are subsistence farmers. And so land is fundamental to the average person in PNG. And you are on somebody's land. In fact, you're on multiple people's land when you're exploring or when you're operating a mine. So it's not just when you're operating a mine, it's also when you're exploring. You're coming onto someone's land. You have a lease, yes, from the government. You've you've gone through a process to get that, but then you've still got that engagement with community, which you which you must maintain in order to be able to do that work. And, and obviously with, with mining, that's the case as well. Environmental, again, the mine is not going to be here forever. But the land, as far as the people are concerned, is here forever. So if you're going to explore or you're going to mine, how is it that you're going to do that so that you are going to minimize any impact so that when you return the land to the owners, that they can continue with their way of life and to make that land productive? And so we know mines have an impact on the environment. What we're trying to do is minimize that impact and obviously maximize the benefit to stakeholders. So there's a trade-off. So when you look at 
environmental side of things, what are you doing? How are you doing it? What is your license? Do you comply with the license? But people are also looking at not just do you comply with the license that you got? Is that license appropriate? Is that license that perhaps you got 30 years ago, is it appropriate to what we expect people to do today? And so um, I'm happy to say that certainly the investors I interact with, that's the sort of thing they want to know. That, that to them is fundamental. It's, it's no longer about, you know, what is my return going to be in terms of dollars and cents? Investors, certainly institutional investors, are really concerned about, about those things as well. And, and I think more and more retail investors are concerned about those sort of things. So for us, environmental, minimize impact, make sure that what you're doing complies, not only with what your license is, but also what you should be doing as a best practice. Yeah, I, th- I think it's, it's, it's interesting, actually. It, I always look, think of a phrase my father used to say to me. It was like, leave the pa- place better than you found it, right? In, in, in your context, I think my concept was usually my bedroom, but um, it was uh, here you're dealing with multiple factors, multiple um, factors which can be done, whether, whether it be water tables, rivers, um, you know, and things, things like that, which people, local people care about because, as I say, long after you've you've gone, they've got to deal with the consequences. So remediation is 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 the kind of end part of that, and you've got to hand it back better than you found it, and that's going to be difficult if your if your working practices involve dumping lots of acid in the ground or leaving large tailings or whatever it is that you know miners uh, tend tend to do unthinkingly sometimes so how do, how do you how do, how do you plan for all of that well pg actually has quite uh, quite advanced regulations both in the mining and, and environmental um, we operate a tailing stand when we look at our planning and, and looking at the next phase of our development where we're looking at a fairly significant expansion. We're looking at going to paste-fill underground so that tailings that we produce, 60% plus of it will go back underground and therefore isn't left on the surface so that you are minimizing your environmental footprint. that means we still will have a tailing stand, but it will be a relatively small tailing stand. And as we as we go along, we have to set up um, finances that are there to rehabilitate that area again, so that you get the so that you get that area being brought back as, as near as possible to that which it was before. Obviously, you have to remove um, your plant and all those sort of things. They have to be removed from the site. And again, the, the area rehabilitated. Ongoing monitoring. Uh, we don't operate uh, open pit. We are an underground operation only. Um, we do have, uh, we're a wet mine, so we produce water. Um, so we monitor water in multiple, uh, multiple places um, within the lease and on the edge of the lease. And we report those um, to the authorities on a regular basis. We have a six-month and an annual report, which we, which we have to uh, um, submit. And obviously we provide that information in our, in our sustainability report. 
So yeah, um, it's about monitoring and it's about planning things like going to um, Pacefield Underground that actually minimize your, um, your environmental footprint. For us, we run a flotation plant. We don't use cyanide. Now we could improve our recoveries by a couple of percentage points by using cyanide. We've taken the view that from an environmental perspective, the, um, the benefit is not there to do that. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't use cyanide. It simply means from our perspective, we don't need to in, in the situation that we're in. Right. So this is, it's not mining at all costs. The, 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 there are ethical decisions which may affect margins, but not, not so much that it's going to damage the business that companies like yourselves will, will make in the context, in terms of the overall context of being in, uh, in a country, working in a country. And I guess the, the bit that people see a lot of, um, uh, tension around sometimes in some countries around the world is with the, the, the social aspect, the, the, the locals, within, in the indigenous population, where you've got to be seen and, and behave a certain way. Yeah, look, you know, it comes back to the, the diverse area that we're in, the country, diverse country and area that we're in. Um, for, for us, so we've come into someone's backyard. We want to have a mine here. People say, well, okay. Um, yeah, we're supportive. But when you're doing this, um, there is a quid pro quo. Now, for us to welcome you, what is it that you're going to do? Um, you're going to build a mine, you're going to pay taxes to the central government. That, yeah, okay, that's, that's fine. But but that's not that's not for me. That's not me. What about what you're doing in this area, and where where are those benefits? And so we focus on a number of areas. First and foremost, we focus on employment. So we we run approximately four percent of our people are expatriate, who are the very highly skilled uh, senior management type people. So about nine six percent of our people are PNG nationals. Over 60% of our people are actually from our immediate impacted communities. So we're creating jobs for those people. The vast majority of whom have never worked in the mining industry before. In fact, they've never had formal jobs before many of them. So there's that focus on employment. That employment includes training, includes bringing people up in terms of skills. So we've got now people who started with it um, from local community, never had a formal job before, and now jumbo operators, which is, as you know, one of the most skilled underground jobs you can have. So we brought them up to that sort of level. Um, secondly, it's business opportunities. It's the ability to create businesses which can be sustainable and can, can be there after the mine. So we have major uh, um, businesses such as, and, and they generally are joint ventures because you need to bring in that skill. So we have a joint venture for all of our trucking. So coming up from Leh, 200 kilometers away, we bring all of our materials uh, coming in through the port, and then we export our concentrate out of there. As a trucking company, that trucking company is a joint venture between local and a 
company with the appropriate skills where they own the assets of the trust. We have another one, which is for ancillary surface equipment, grader, loader, uh, surface transport trucks, um, crane, those sort of things. Again, joint venture, 50-50, all of that equipment owned by the joint venture, so they own the assets. So these are the, the major contracts, and we've got another one runs the camp I'm in right now, which is putting kilos on me. Um, so those, those sort of things. And then we have smaller contracts, which will be, for instance, um, grass cutting, um, manufacturing some equipment, all of our curtains, for instance. So all those sort of things. So you're creating these, these smaller business opportunities as well. Um, and as we go into things like uh, we're raising the wall and the tailing stand, contract in coming in for that that will involve local people. So um, we'll also be supply fruit and veg for the camp, those sort of things. And so you're doing all those sort of things. Then we look at our infrastructure around around the mine, and and we focus on areas such as schools. So school buildings and the like, um, clinics, roads, now looking at things like electrification. Uh, when the PM is here, for instance, we'll be announcing we're putting a, a million kina into a new market at Kinantu Town, which um, will improve the ability of all the people who are growing locally to bring stuff to the market and be able to sell it. That helps us as well because we can go to that market and we can buy it food and what have you for here. So looking at all that sort of infrastructure, water, we've, we've uh, brought water into, I think, three or four villages over the last 12 months. Um, roads, we spent over a million kina on one of the major roads, and um, we're looking at uh, some road ceiling projects going ahead. So that's the second area. Third area, education. You've got people who've never had an opportunity to finish school that might have only done a few years of primary school, but they want their kids to have every opportunity they can. And so they're actually looking for their children, first of all, to be able to go through school. Now the government pays 50% of the cost of primary school. For our impacted communities, we're paying the other half. But then you've got um, tertiary education, university and college. We currently run I think in excess of 50 scholarships for, again, our impacted communities, for those kids to get scholarships, to go to university or college. And we see that as a really, really critical issue because that's, that's really creating the skills and the knowledge that's so essential to developing a country. Um, we sponsor the local university, the University of Technology in Leigh, um, we bring the mining and their metallurgy students come to us for um, skills training to get their practical experience, et cetera, et cetera. And then we have a prize for the top geology, top mining, top metallurgy student in third year, medal, which is named after three of our most senior uh, PNG nationals who work for us. Um, and that pays for the, the guy's fourth year um, studies, stipend, et cetera, et cetera, with an opportunity that, to get employment with us. So they're the main facets that we work on. 
Um, we do also work with government and, and look at things, for instance, COVID. We uh, put together a COVID fund, as we call it, which was a million and a half kina, which is about uh, 600,000 uh, Aussie dollars, which was for central government and the two provincial governments of Morobi and Eastern Highlands, which are our two um, areas that, that cover our, our operations, where it was for PPE and other equipment and uh, what have you to deal specifically with COVID. So that's where we focus. I mean, we do other things as well, but that that is where a lot of our uh, a lot of our focus is. So you you are the, at the centre of this eco your own ecosystem in a way, which kind of the the the, the cash which are crude about it ripples out through through the community in terms of you know say job creation, training, education. It's it's uh, it's an, you're an important part of. The 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 economy in 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 PNG in, in in that sense. What would you say to people who are looking at that and going, "Well, that's an unnecessary use of money. Why why spend the money? I want as a shareholder, I want more dividends. I want you to be more frugal with your cash. Why is it important to do what you're doing?" Well, I'll, I'll come back to my opening statement. It's about long-term sustainability and a long-term return to stakeholders. And I think there is a, a growing view that stakeholders are wider than we originally have looked at. Stakeholders at one point were basically your employees and your shareholders. Stakeholders are now um, the communities you work in. Yes, your employees, the government of the countries that you work in, your shareholders, so it's a it's a wider view of what is a stakeholder. And if you want long-term operations and you want long-term stability, especially for a mining operation, we're looking, we believe, at a 30-year life operation and perhaps beyond that. If we want that, then we are part of this community and we're going to be part of it for a, a long time. We're going to see a couple of generations of people come through school so we are a, almost a constant. And if you're going to be that constant, you're really going to be seen as a positive constant or a negative constant. We want to be a positive constant. And that investment ultimately will lead to benefits for us um, in um, better infrastructure around us, more people coming through university who can take jobs so that we we actually employ less expatriates who are expensive. Let's be clear, we've got to bring them in, they get paid more. So you've got that sustainability issue. And and that then goes into, um, we pay royalty. That royalty, PNG government, very enlightened. The majority of royalty goes to local communities, doesn't go to the government coffers, it actually goes to local communities. Um, and, and obviously then comes your, your tax, and uh, you know, we pay tax in this country, but government has uh, tax agreements with Canada, with Australia, so it's not like you're being double taxed or whatever else, it's very clear. And so um, if you're generating your wealth in PNG, one of the most atrocious things surely must be that somehow you generate wealth here, but you don't pay tax here, but you would pay it in Australia, pay it in Canada, I don't think so. I don't think that's, uh, that's appropriate. Um, so, and again, 
we need to be doing that. We need to be paying those taxes and what have you so that that can be spent on infrastructure so that reduces our costs. If the roads are better, it costs you less to get your material here. And, and, and so many other sort of issues like that. So it is an investment as a long-term investment as well. So how does a company who's worth, you're coming up for a couple of billion bucks of market cap here, bring a lot of money into a relatively small country. I get eight million people, but it's it. You are an important part of the economy. How do you engage at whether it be at federal or, or local level in terms of implementing, deciding where to spend your money, what initiatives to do? Because let's face it, your west your Western uh, board. But you know, a bunch, bunch of Westerners running this company, coming into a country with, as you say, 800 plus languages, uh, the, the, the cultural implications of some of the things that you're doing you may, may not fit. You don't understand it. You couldn't possibly understand it. You may be here for 30 years and then, then you go. And what you leave behind is really, really important. So do you, how do those decisions get made? Because the sensitivities around it must be vast. Look, I, I, I think... Yes, they are. Um, our local company uh, is uh, the board. It's uh, four people. Two are, are, are obviously the CEO and the, and the chair of the company. But we have two PNG directors, two non-PNG directors. So first of all, we've got a we've got a balance in there. Um, one of our larger departments is actually community affairs needs to be because it's an important aspect of our business. Um, we basically have a community affairs person in, in pretty much every village around us. You need to know um, all the ins and outs of your communities. Um, they're diverse. As I pointed out, 800 languages. Um, you've got clans, tribes, families, um, and they have all the things that we have everywhere else are falling out and, you know, one minute this guy, then it's these people. And so you've got to be able to deal with all that. And, and you, you've got to be able to make calls on benefits for community as opposed to benefits for individuals. I mean, this is human nature. You know? um, it, it helps in PNG. You don't have um, leaders. Uh, the leaders there are, Selected in part, it's a consensus type of, of society. You don't have hereditary people who are, you know, um, the chief and then the, the son of the chief becomes the chief and all the rest. You don't have that here. So I, in many ways, that makes I think that makes things easier, um, but it adds a degree of complexity as well. But that consensus for us, you, you talked about, you know, being Western, and that consensus can be frustrating because, you know, you, okay, let's go and do it. Yeah, yeah, we think that's a good idea, but you know what? We're going to have a discussion about this. And, and so you're looking for an immediate answer. You're not going to get one. So you do get those sort of, those cultural conflicts. Always going to get those. Um, we actually have set up as part of our MOA, which is a memorandum of agreement with our communities, that we set a fund up which we put, uh, I think, a million kina into, 
which has a committee deciding how that money will be allocated. And it includes uh, some people from the company, um, includes from the province, and includes from communities. And the, the local and provincial people outnumber the, the company so that decisions on how that money will be allocated to projects within the community is not controlled by the company. There are criteria that have to be met so that you know, money is not wasted and, and what have you. That's part of our, our system of trying to empower communities and province to be able to make decisions on where some of that money needs to be spent so that we're not simply coming along and saying, oh, we think this, it should go there and it should go there. Community are coming and saying, well, this is what we want. This is what we're looking for. And in some cases we're saying, well, that actually belongs over there with that committee. And if you can convince that committee, you'll get your funding. If you can't, you don't. And that's not our decision. We focus then more on the larger things like the roads, like the schools that are, are, are clearer. Um, and we work with uh, local level government as well as communities in identifying what those things are. That's, inter that's interesting. It's a very interesting way to approach it. Because like I said, it's highly sensitive. It is, you know, minds all around the world. Do you try to, though, instigate or implement Instigate, let's stick with instigate, instigate conversations around topics which are um, happening elsewhere in the world, in the Western world. You know, like, you know, what role do women play here, for instance? That, that's one which is, you know, we, we, we want equal pay for women. That's a big thing in the West and uh, equal rights and all of that. But in different societies, that may be, may be offensive, for, for example. I'm not saying in this case, but you know what I'm getting at, where you, you want to kind of um, speed up the, the rate of progress or thinking in, in countries. So it's a little dance that you have to do, or do you not feel that you are entitled to have those sorts of conversations or instigate that kind of conversation? Uh, we, we actually have a women in mining. We have a couple of focuses which are specifically for uh, women's groups. Um, and, and, the, and the government is very progressive in some of these things as well and, and, and pushing many of these, uh, these type of issues as well. But certainly, yes, we have quite a, a number of programs that are focused specifically. And uh, it's, it's a, I think it's a nationwide or it's an industry-wide women in mining is, for instance, a focus not just for us, but for other mines as well. Um, uh, we have uh, quite a number of women employed in professional roles as well. Uh, for instance, as uh, geologists, um, obviously in accounting and those sort of areas. Um, and so we do look to be a, an agent, perhaps is a, is a word for change, um, without, as you say, being, being sensitive to uh, to uh, perhaps nuances within uh, within the country. Are there any no-nos? Um, what have you learned over the years in terms of with regards to the social component in terms of dealing with people? What are the areas you know, well, that's nothing to do with us. We stay away unless it's uh, we're approached to have a conversation about that. 
because you know I, we, we've we've heard stories of people like you know camps being invaded, uh, locals being very very upset because they have not been consulted for one thing or another, and you know quite rightly so in in some or many cases. So, what have you learned along the way? Look, um, you get things like you you've always got leadership issues wherever you go in the world with uh, communities um and keeping out of those is is really important and uh you may well feel that one group of leadership is going to be far more supportive of your operation than another um makes no difference you can't you cannot interfere and you cannot be seen to be supportive of one group as against another, even if, if that group is, is very much anti your, your operation. So you've certainly got, um, that's something that I, I, I would say I keep, uh, I keep well away from. Um, don't, uh, be, be very careful about, um, the, whatever the national sport is. Don't, uh, don't 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 tweak the noses, especially when they lose. Um, here in PNG, we're passionate about uh, rugby league. Um, the Aussies come over here uh, not only once a year to play, and uh, they pretty much hammer PNG. But you know, when the Aussies arrive here, it's you know it's like rock stars have arrived at the airport. Um, but uh, you know, you rather want to talk about how well the the hunters that's uh, or the PNG guys did then then uh, and talk up how the Aussies done. So be very careful on your sports when you when you uh, when you go around. That, that, that's a no and no no, like no sledging. Else, yeah. um, I better explain what sledging is for for non cricketers. Um, that is a that is a, a term used when each side gives each other a little bit of a ribbing about their performance on the day. That's the polite version. We'll stick with that. Um, yeah, and yeah, and of course, I should say, I, I, and it should be of a non-sexual nature. I think is the other thing we've got to be clear on. Yes, yes, which, which doesn't always doesn't always happen in cricket. Um, some, some great ones out there. Yeah. Um, well, okay, well, so so the social component, I think we've kind of covered covered a lot of area there. And I said people should come and look at your. Um, at this document, and we, we will put it. We'll definitely put a put a link to your sustainability report below. Um, let's just finish off on governance, okay? You know, because it's it's like the environment or environmental. It's it's if the mining code is there, if the rule of law is there, you've got to follow certain rules, and then the rest is at your discretion. Governance, too, to a degree, there are there is etiquette, there is law, there is a kind of. Uh, basic rules that you need to follow there. But is there any aspect of that which is up for grabs in terms of the, the way that you think about it? You know, for instance, we, we've talked in the past about, you know, people who may have tax credits being able to um, use those and not pay taxes. You know, is do you think that that's a good way to run a company? Should, should you be a little bit um, better than that? Well, I mean, if we're... You know, if we talk about governance in general, obviously you've, you, you've got to have your, your, your conduct and your ethics. Um, it's, it's well known that in, in many developing countries, um, you, you can get issues with, um, corruption, et cetera, et cetera. Canada, we've, we've obviously got 
at uh, our specific acts that we are we are um, uh, we're held accountable to. And so on the governance on, on that side of things, um, that's something you've got to keep pushing with your people. Be absolutely clear that uh, there's no tolerance. It's not a um, it's not something that okay, uh, look, these things happen or whatever else. It's absolutely a not non-tolerance. Uh, I think every every company these days has whistleblowers and those sort of things in terms of of that side of things. Um, and so I, I I think we're we're very clear with our people where we stand on that, um, and and we publish our reports on that as well. Um, we try to be transparent. Um, we're clear on our MOAs and what we are doing and how we make payments. Um, and this comes back to part of what we're talking on the social side of you know who's you know when people are having disagreements about who's leadership and whatever else, and making sure that you're payments are all done the way they should be. Um, and so we are, we report, we report and we comply with extractive industries uh, transparency initiative. When you take that to the, then the, the government side of things and, and, and another, I think major aspect is, is we spoke about taxation. Um, we, first of all, you, Tax credits, yeah, I mean, we're not the first company that's been offered, uh, why don't you buy this company? Well, they haven't got anything. Uh, yes, they do. They have uh, $30 million worth of tax losses. Um, to me, that should be legal. Don't buy a company because it's got some tax losses. It's got nothing to do. Um, so I, you know, we, we keep away from that sort of thing. We are proud of the fact that we are a significant taxpayer in PNG, and quite frankly, we get a lot of um, positive feedback from government, including government going out into the paper and saying, K92, we're very happy with them. Uh, this year, this is how much tax they've paid so far. Um, and you know that, that shows um, proper responsibility and um, that's how we want to see the industry act. So I think we've got a lot of, um, positive support out of that um, and we'll be a significant taxpayer again this year um, and you know when, when you're in the middle of COVID and company countries are looking at you know how do I recover from this and how does my economy recover from this a major part of that recovery is is clearly business operating making profits and paying tax and um it is fundamental to your acceptance in any country that when you operate a business and you make money and you make money for your shareholders and what have you, you pay tax. The tax regimes may vary and whatever else and, and, and what have you, but you pay what you're supposed to pay. Could, um, could you see a situation, John, where you're in the lucky position, big company, making money, you're a good citizen, you're a good global citizen, because you can afford to be. Do you see the mining industry taking shortcuts occasionally, not being ethical, because money is tight. It's, it's, it's harder when money's tight to be a good citizen, isn't it? 
Look, I, I think that's a fair point. It, it, it is it is harder. There's no two ways about it. And that's where it's important to have that good relationship with government, that there is a mutual trust. And, and that can be difficult to establish so that um, times aren't always good, metal prices aren't always up there, and that the government is supportive when they're not. And, and, and I think we've seen many governments around the, around the world that aren't. Do we get uh, mining companies that might take shortcuts? We get in every industry where we've got people that, that will take shortcuts, um, um, some of them well-intentioned uh, for whatever reason. So I, I, I don't think it's, I don't think there's something in the necessarily the mining industry that somehow, you know, we have more than, than uh, any other industry. Um, I think, I believe certainly from my experience within the industry, we have more positive agents for change by far than probably almost any other industry. And, and I know that that doesn't necessarily sit as, a, as how everyone sees it. But when you're, when you're in places like P&G and you see what companies do in terms of their communities, um, education, um, hospitals, clinics, et cetera, et cetera, then um, you realize just how much, how much good they can do. It does good locally, and it does good for the company is what I'm hearing. It makes it easier to do business in country in good times and bad. So it's essential. Yeah, and you, you know, you've got things like the internet. Uh, you know, somebody was saying to me, you know, we've we got to be careful about telling people that we're making money because we had a meeting with the communities and I said, look, the mine is making money. We're being, we're profitable because the mine has never been profitable. And the concern was that the community thought, oh, you're the third, you're the third company that's come here. The other two, they, they left because they weren't making any money. And so I got up community leaders and I said, we are making money. And I wanted my senior guys say, John, John, shouldn't be doing this. You know, we're, we're telling people we're making money, their expectations. So look, we have a quarterly report, we publish it. Right? People that we're talking to are either on the internet or their kids are on the internet. And everything that you do now, it's there and it's available. So don't think that people in your community, just because they don't drive around in a car or they don't live in a fancy house or you know they don't have a TV in their, in their house, that doesn't mean they are not connected. People are connected by their cell phones, they're connected by everything. And so that knowledge is there. And so don't think you can somehow not have to be accountable and recognize that that information is there and treat people with respect and recognize that, that they, they will understand your business to a certain extent, not totally. Um, I know lots of people who are in the business who don't understand it, but they understand the basics and they can get that information. And part of what you need to be doing is putting it in the context. Yes, we're making money, but just so you, you understand it, 
This is how much money we're putting into capital to expand. This is how much money we're putting into training. This is how much money we're doing to this so that you provide information and the people can put things in context. So a communication is really important. I think there's a great place to end because not, not only have you, are you educating those people, but I think investors who think about miners as people who dig stuff out of the ground, there's so much more to it. And you've taken us through a, you know, a nice romp through some of those topics around environmental, social and governance. Uh, it's like a military operation, it seems, after you guys, or at least you're running a small town, it feels like. So, like, John, I appreciate your time today, and thank you for, I know you're in the last days of quarantine. You must be counting down the next couple of days before the Prime Minister uh, turns up. So uh, good luck with that meeting. Um, stay in touch. Let us know how things uh, progress. Certainly do that. Uh, it's always good to, uh, to, have, the, to have the chat. Um, seems to be from a variety of... Uh, of different lockdown situations. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.